We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arkin here, Megan Ottolini. It's Arkin and Mego taking you up until 6 o'clock. We got uh, Brian Scalabrini joining us at 4.30. Looking forward to that. In the meantime... There is, a, well, a bit of a snafu here with the Patriots. If certain things happen a certain way, then DeAndre Hopkins may be out of the question, like a non-starter, like he won't come here. Explain and, that. And what I'm talking about is a, a story that was told about DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien when they were both in Houston. I guess Hopkins had some uh, behavioral issues or just things that O'Brien didn't care for. They went back and forth a few times. There was a meeting, and uh, let's have Michael Irvin explain what went down in this meeting. He told me, he said, Michael, uh, it, it was a bit of a power struggle there because Bill O'Brien thought, Coach O'Brien thought he had too much influence over the locker room. He called DeAndre Hopkins in a meeting to talk about this and to kind of, I guess, hash it out. In that meeting, he started the meeting with telling DeAndre Hopkins this. That blew my mind when DeAndre told me this. He said, he told DeAndre Hopkins, he said, hey, uh, the last time I had to have a meeting like this, it was with Aaron Hernandez. Oh. I was like, what? He, he, he put in Aaron Hernandez in this meeting? He said, yes, he did. He said, Michael, that blew my mind that he would even bring that up. I've never been in any trouble. I don't know why would he equate me with Aaron Hernandez. And from there, the meeting just deteriorated. Well. From there, the meeting to tear. Really, I can't imagine why. Maybe the Aaron Hernandez comparison was uh, rubbed them the wrong way. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe we start with like a compliment sandwich. Like, ah, you know, you're 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 really really fast. You're really really good. Last time I had a meeting like this, it was with Aaron Hernandez. And by the way, I love your shoes. Yeah, compliment sandwich. Awesome. You know, your behavior reminds me of a serial killer I coached once. <laughs> That's literally what it is. That's that is so- that is an outrageous thing to say. I mean, really, if you're talking, well, you have too much influence in the locker room, and who knows if that's really what it is. I was like, what? I was too, uh, Playmaker. I don't know if Michael Irvin's, it, we're only getting one side of this. I'm sure O'Brien has his side too. And I do think O'Brien's, for the most part, or I thought anyway, was much more of a stand-up guy than someone who would just drop a Hernandez reference into a meeting like this about a guy's character, especially like the best player on the team too, by the way. Like that's a that's a wild, wild move there from O'Brien if that's the way it actually happened, which in fairness, we only know one side of this. But, and, and it's at least two people removed. Sure. So there is that. But I also think if there's even a sliver of truth to this, you bring in Bill O'Brien, DeAndre Hopkins is not coming here. No. Like, remember when all those guys in the Lions, it was like, oh, just get Matthew Stafford. Instead. They're like, I don't think those guys are going to want to come play with Matt Patricia. I think it'll be like that with Hopkins and O'Brien. If that story is true, again, 
then I don't see how that could possibly be a, a thing that happens. That's so wild. It's like, and this might be a little more common now, unfortunately, these days. But when you have an argument with someone and then within, you know, 45 minutes of the healthy debate that you're having, they're like, oh, so basically like Hitler? And you're yeah, like, okay, right. well, there's nowhere we can go in this argument now. You just brought up Hitler. What's that called? That's called something. In an argument, when you bring up Hitler, it's um, uh, it's like someone's it's called law. losing the argument. Right, yeah, it means you've lost <laughs> the argument, but it's something. I, there's like a term for it. Flipping the Monopoly board and storming <laughs> off. Basically, yes. Game's um, over! <laughs> yeah. Whenever you compare something to like Hitler and the Nazis, it's called something's law. I forget what it is, but like, yeah, you could do the same thing with Hernandez, basically. Once, you, once you've made like that comparison... Any, any behavioral issue you're off the in rail. the Godwin's NFL. Law. Godwin's Law. Thank Godwin's you. Godwin's Law? Yeah. What does that mean? That means if you bring up but the where Nazis... Did, who's Godwin? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Some guy who argued Coop, about Nazis. Get on later. that. Who's Godwin? <laughs> get the uh, etymology of this. But, yeah, I mean, essentially, and that's it's pretty much either, you know, if it would be like OJ or Aaron Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And if you bring up any of those two, it's pretty much the worst thing in the NFL. And so that's where you're taking it. Yeah. Even if you're like, you know, I haven't been in traffic like this since, <laughs> since OJ and the, and the chase or whatever. Hey, Twitter world. Just don't bring them up. They don't bring it up. They just brought back the Bronco. Hello, Twitter world. They do you did. know how long it took? By the way, the Broncos look sick. Do they? Those are, you don't see those cars around? I have those not seen nice the new Broncos. Car. You now. haven't seen the new Bronco? I guess not. Google it. Yeah, I will. It's cute. Okay. I, I, want I that think car. we have a, a definition of Godwin's Law, Coop. All right. Let's put on our scholar caps here. Okay. By the American attorney and author Mike Godwin in 1990, Godwin's Law originally referred specifically to Onset News Group discussions. He stated that he introduced Godwin's Law in 1990 as an experiment in metrics. Later, it was applied to any threaded online discussion such as internet forums, great places to be, chat rooms, and comment threads, as well as speeches, articles, and other rhetorics okay. where reduction I think, I think ad Hitler- Hitlerum yeah. occurs. Hitlerum? Hitlerum. I didn't know so there was, that's what you called that. But yeah, he okay. Godwinned. Uh, he Godwinned the whole thing. Hopkins. He Godwinned Hopkins, like hardcore there. Um, here's a question. O'Brien's Law. We all agree that the two most important things here are a new offensive coordinator and a weapon for Mac Jones, right? No. No? I don't agree with that. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so what? What do you put ahead yeah, I of need, those? Things? I think you need you need a tackle. Okay, I take a tackle over line, an sure. offensive weapon. I know that we we just really? talked to Dan Orlowski and he disagreed with that. But my God, you saw the damage that an offensive a flimsy offensive line will do to your offense. Sure, absolutely. Coordinator is the number one. Then you got to shore up the offensive line, and then you got to get a wide. You can't. You can't even do anything with Ramondre Stevenson or the two young backs who you have. Assuming that Damian Harris is gone, you can't do anything. If you don't have a sturdy offensive line. All right, fine. Then we that agree that that's detour. top three, though, right? Yes. At the very least. So if uh, if Bill O'Brien's your guy and that's 100% who you want there, and you don't have a lot of other options out on the trade market and certainly not Does in free he, agency, a wide receiver. Has he called any tackles a serial killer? Because I just need to know about that. I don't front. know. I don't know. <laughs> who, <laughs> were the, who were the tags? Like Matt Light? and This is like a phone call that Belichick is having at this moment with Sebastian O'Brien. Vollmer, I think, was the other tackle here back then. Did you, did you compare Vollmer to OJ? <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> I just I just need to know right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. Let's go to uh, David, who was in the car. And he has a thought on uh, Bill Belichick and the coaching staff. Hi, David. How you doing? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Great Thank show you. as always. Thank you. Uh, so here's my thing with with um, God. I just drew a blank. Um, Take a beat. You know the guy. 
the guy used to be the used to play for the Patriots. Gerard Mayo. And, uh, who's Gerard Mayo? Mayo. Thank yes. you, thank okay. you, Mayo. So I think Gerard Mayo will move on because if if there's an offer made somewhere else, even as an offense a defensive coordinator, I should say, I believe he'll move on because he knows that as long as Stephen Belichick is around, that Stephen is in his way. And, and Belichick, as long as Belichick is here, he will not promote Gerard over Steven. If anything, you have a better chance of him moving Matt Patricia back to the defensive coordinator if he gets a new offensive coordinator, which I can see that happening. And I, I do can see Gerard Mayer moving on. And if I was Gerard, I would move on because now you can go elsewhere, create a name for yourself because you're no longer under the sure. Patriots' way in Belichick's umbrella. So if anything, you're going to shrink your resume for a future head coach later on. Because I think Gerard is not in a rush to become a, a head coach yet. I think if he goes elsewhere for a couple of years as a defensive coordinator and he does a good job by – by far, he'll be one of the top candidates for a, for a head coach. Well, we'll see about Thanks, that, David. Yeah. Like I said, I think guys like Mayo are going to have sort of a hard time because I think that uh, the trendy picks for head coaches right now are offensive minded guys, and he's a defensive player, and that is you know he's a defensive coordinator esque type of coach. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be at the top of anyone's list. We'll see what happens with him this off season. Um, I know Cleveland's talking to him. Tough uh, Denver. There was some interest there, but I don't think it's as a head coach. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how big the market really well, is. We all thought this last time around and he came right back and was here's a, a linebacker's coach. Here's another thing, because everybody likes to talk about how Mayo has to share so much of the responsibility in on that side of the ball because of Steve Belichick. Right. What, like, why is it assumed that if Patricia moves into that slot that Steve just gets bounced out? I mean, Steve's been working at it the last several years. Sure. So I'm not sure that it is a foregone conclusion that then you just slide Patricia in there and say, hey, Steve, sorry, Sorry, kid, you've been doing good, but you're getting a demotion because I want Patricia to do everything. Well, look at it this way. If it's between Patricia and Belichick, I actually go team Belichick there. But if it's between Belichick and Mayo, are there any teams calling to ask to talk to Steve Belichick? No, but I, I do. I will say I think Steve Belichick, like as a nepotism guy, I think he's gotten some unfair criticism because of his last name. Sure, he probably has. Yeah, but... Certainly he's gotten into that role because of his last name, but by all accounts, he's a great defensive play caller. And he, I think he got burned a little bit by the reporting that uh, that Gerard Mayo is the guy who runs the meetings. Right. Because it makes it sound like Steve is unable to... Incapable art- of leading yeah, men. he can articulate like himself Like he'd start talking and no one players. will like... He, he all the players a, just yeah. keep talking amongst themselves. He has themselves. a good relationship with the players. <laughs> yeah. Like they like him. They all think he's a good was coach. Blah, blah, blah. Matt Ryan, blah, blah, blah. Mobility. The hair, the he'd make a great addition to uh, Gerard Mayo's staff. Girly comment. Haircut doesn't help. It, it sends a message of poor judgment. Sends a message of coolness. People are always weirded up by the weird like tongue and lip movements. Also, I noticed he wasn't line. doing that this year. I, I, you know, that no, doesn't no bug weird me so much. Tongue stuff this year. Very tense moment. I mean, I'd be anxious too if I need a stop on third and one to get off the field. Yeah, I, I might be doing some weird stuff also. Yeah, maybe. Um, Kevin is in New Hampshire. Hello, Kevin. Oh, hold on a second. Sorry, sorry. All right, Kevin, you're Hi, on. Hi, Kevin. Hey, I just uh, I heard Mega say she'd rather have a tackle than. DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's crazy. I, I think know. the line stinks. The, I think the line stinks so bad because they can't throw the ball ten yards. Well, that's you know, it's all connected. Have, it's know, like the hip bone's connected to the thigh bone, but I feel like yeah, you but, don't want a broken spine, you know. Yeah, but I feel like that's like taking Greg Hill over Kirk Benahan. <laughs> uh, nice, Kevin. Thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you feel great about like okay? 
No Trent Brown. He might not be back. I don't know what his contract situation is. And I, Isaiah Wynn, I don't imagine they're going to pick up for their fifth-year option. So we're going to start this season with who? Marcus Cannon and Connor McDermott? Yadney Kajust, I think, is still Yadney around. Yadney right? is still around. I get around. it. I get no, it. I'm like, Megan. Bring me a tackle. It's so boring to everyone. I get it. They don't. It, who cares? But it, I just think it'll make for a better product down the line. That's true. Although I do think you can slap together an offensive line with free agents and like high draft picks. When I say high, I mean like well, you got to get the free agents. Brown and That's Isaiah what I'm talking Lane. about. Well, not those guys. I oh, mean, obviously that didn't guys, work though. out. But I feel like in the past, you know, you've seen you see David Andrews undrafted at Michael on was a sixth round pick. Like you can find those guys and slap them together. And I feel like that's been something that this year was more of an outlier with that outlier with that than uh, this thing with the offense. And I feel like Bill's really let uh, quarterbacks kind of twist in the wind when they've wanted just, can you, how bad did Tom Brady want Antonio Brown? Well, I mean, my God, you know, and the Sanu is who he ends up with. It could have been Emmanuel Sanders, could have been a lot of things. And that's what they sort of ended up with there. You know, it's not the first time that happened with Brady. Brady was making hard eyes at everybody. And, uh, you know, just (laughs) other than Moss and Welker, you hardly ever got who we wanted. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. We'll continue with your phone calls and we'll talk with Brian Scalabrini next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini, it's Arkin and Mego here with you until 6 o'clock. Be joined by Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba, in about 10 minutes. Looking forward to talking with him as we uh, catch up with the Celtics, who have won three in a row, looking to make it four tonight against a very shorthanded New Orleans Pelicans team, the exact type of team that randomly beats the Celtics this year. Maybe the only type of team that beats the Celtics Trap this year. game? Trap game. You're declaring a trap game? They're not that good to begin with. All their stars are injured. This is the exact kind of game the Celtics lose. Rob game. Williams, questionable. And about to start a back-to-back. Right. So, got to figure out the little balance between your bigs. Mm-hmm. Have a little one-night Rob Williams, one-night Al Horford because he can't do the back-to-backs. Mix in a little Sounds cornet for yeah. you. Mix in a little Blake Griffin until <laughs> he gets winded. There <laughs> you go. That's the recipe. Mix him in for about a minute then. Um, all right. We'll get to that uh, when we talk with Scal at 430. In the meantime, let's get back to your phone. 617-779-7937. Steve's in the truck. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing, Steve? I got a question. Uh, by the way, Christian, this is Detroit Man. <laughs> this is what? Detroit Man. What's Detroit Man? Tripe. 
No, oh, Detroit Detroit man. Steve in the truck said, is our tripe guy. I thought he said Detroit man, too. Steve, doing, what's brother? going on? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Steve? Listen, I, I know um, Lou's gone and stuff, so my next thing is, I got, like I said, I got some vacation time coming in early February. I'll come up with chicken palm for you guys, because oh. oh, I don't never eat yeah. that. Steve, too kind. Mm, anyway, cheese. I got a question for you. Why is everybody so infatuated with Billy O'Brien? He's horrible in, in, in uh, Houston, and he traded DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see why he is like this flashy object that's going to do so great here. I don't think, Steve, you can't call him terrible in in Houston. They went to the playoffs a couple of years. He wasn't terrible there, but things did start to peter out, and they did move on from him, and that Hopkins thing was bad. That was a terrible trade. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. I mean, that was one of the all-time bad NFL trades, I think. I think that was inconceivably bad. It's like Josh, Josh McDaniels drafted Tebow. True. Are you going to say that Josh McDaniels can't be a great offensive coordinator? Because he was. Yeah, well, no. I mean, that was <laughs> sort of apples and oranges, but I think I agree with that. Well, I'm saying you can pick out when these guys go to be head coaches. These are drastically, I said he was a good coach. Yeah, they, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying to the college point, to Steve's point. Right. Like, being a head coach and being the offensive coordinator are drastically different positions. So you can say that you don't like the job that the head coaches did, like we, I don't think that we, on its face, were so perplexed and irritated by the Matt Patricia and Joe Judge selections because they were head coaches who failed at head coaching. Right. It was because they had no experience whatsoever there in what they were assigned to do. So it's not just like, oh, well, this guy sucked as a head coach or, you know, maybe he didn't live up to expectations as a head coach or he wasn't a great head coach. Why would you want him to be offensive coordinator? That was a different scenario. Yeah, it is. And he's proven that he can do it here before. Yeah. I know it was with Brady, but it, what it comes down to for me with Best O'Brien, offense of all time. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but you have the best quarterback is what I'm saying. Sure. So people could point to that and say, okay, well, like, who fails with Brady? Right. But I, at least back then. Probably but that. I would say the thing that jumps out to me about O'Brien is the character fit with Mac Jones where Mac is MFing the sideline and Mac is telling the media and telling us time and time again, I want to be coached hard. Essentially, I want to have uncomfortable confrontations so that we can all get better. Like, I want to call it like I see it, and I want someone to call me out back. And that's going to be Bill O'Brien day in and day out. That's how Josh McDaniels was. Like, I'm sure plenty of you listeners went to have been to training camp. You've heard the swears that Josh... Josh McDaniels used to drop at training camp. Like, he's a hard ass. And that's what that's what Mac wants. And that's what he'll get from O'Brien. Yeah. And he was also very hands-on. Uh, Josh McDaniels was right there after every series. I mean, you saw them together, and he was right in his ear. I mean, there was no, there was no, you stand around there while Patricia's talking with the offensive lineman. Like, every time Mac Jones came off the field, boom, there's Josh McDaniels right there. And that wasn't the case. Uh, it wasn't the same thing with, with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia this year. And maybe that's part of it. As far as him giving it back to Mac when he's, you know, throwing his tantrums, I think that there's a place for that to be sure. I think that's something that would be useful, especially if there's a growing divide in the locker room between people like Mac who don't believe in the offense and the coaching, and that's just sort of, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like who question it, and the coaching staff who's still sort of learning it and trying to figure it out. I don't think O'Brien's going to have that same hurdle to clear, and that's an important thing. I mean, as long as he's there and he's ready and he knows what he's doing and you don't have to teach him everything like you did these two guys, great. On the other hand, Mac did have to teach him the Alabama offense <laughs> before he left. So I just sort of feel like, can you bring in someone okay, well, that Mac pick- doesn't have to teach or has never had to teach anything to? He picked it up pretty quick. <laughs> I suppose You could did. say that. They're ready to move on from him, though, aren't they? 
Well, I think he declared himself ready to move on. I think on. so. I think Maybe that's it's true. a little column A, column B. Let's try Joe and Rutland here before we uh, talk to Scal. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you guys? What's up? Um, yeah, I'm just calling in on uh, Mac Jones. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's the answer for this offense. I mean, you look at the kid, he struggles to throw the ball downfield. He struggles to check down. It just, it's just it's stressful to watch the game every week. It really is. Um, Joe, I, I tend to agree with you this year. I thought that Mac was painful to watch, but you can't deny in the first half of that bill, he was carving up that defense. He was carving that defense, which I didn't think I'd ever see in my life. Mac Jones carving up a Buffalo defense. I know they had some guys missing, but still, that was – I gasped when I saw that. I thought it was one of <laughs> – if not his best game as a Patriot, unfortunately, in another loss. Yeah. And all his great – all his good offensive games here, he's put up, like, decent quarterback numbers, they lose. It's almost <laughs> like that's when they let him throw because they're chasing. Right. They're behind or they're going up against the high-powered offense like the Vikings or – I was about to say the Ravens, but they're not really that high-powered. That was just the game that got away from them. Um, or like Buffalo, that's about as high-powered of an offense as it gets. And they hung around with them. They hung around with them until the fourth quarter. I mean, they had a lead in the third. The whole, you know, Mac is painful to watch observation that people have, I feel like that's just the difference between going from a long-time established quarterback to watching a young quarterback where you still don't, especially from this year, you still don't know who Mac is. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you think you know who he is from this year, but it's a very small sample size. So I think a lot of people are really uncomfortable with the unknown. Like, is he is he able to scramble out of this? Is he as elusive as he's looked at times in the Ravens game? Uh, does he have the pocket awareness? And people will jump on that. I do think it, a lot of that has that discomfort maybe has to do with, uh, the again, the offensive line and certainly the offense as a whole being in complete disarray to the point where, you know, like they don't even know if they're snapping it or not because there's some miscommunication from the sideline about what's happening with the clock that's not set at the right time. Like it's just disorganized. Yeah. So how can you have the guy who's out there supposed to be and it's supposed to be like the field, you know, general or whatever. And how is he supposed to look confident when everything's in disarray around him? I yeah. don't know. I, I, I I, I can't put that completely on his shoulders. It's a fair question, and I think it's one that, you know, has been asked a few times here, and I think that Mac Jones has shown that he's capable of playing a, a replacement-level uh, quarterback in the NFL, at the very least. We saw that in his rookie year. You're calling him a backup now? That's what I'm saying. This this past year, he wasn't replacement I don't think this past year was a replacement-level uh, season for him. But you saw that he can do that. You saw that he's better than that. He's better than what you've seen this year, basically, is what I'm saying. This year, he was... Uh, backup replacement type of quarterback. That's just what his numbers bear out. And I don't think that he's that type of player either. I agree with you there. I think uh, I think you're on to something. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Um, let's see here. Um, we are, we're supposed to be getting Brian Scalabrini any minute now, I believe. I think okay. our producer's working on We'll be that. talking with Scal here in just a moment. Um, in the meantime, um, I think that uh, the just, just to sort of put a pin on this, if Mac Jones is is your long-term quarterback. If he's the guy that the Crafts like and whoever the offensive coordinator is, Bill O'Brien, whoever it is, decides this is my guy, I want him here for a long time, and they all sort of agree with that, they have got to, at the very least, start today really mending this whole relationship. And not just with the team, but like his confidence, everything. I just think that for a young quarterback like him, an emotional kid like him, He's not someone who's just going to, you know, ah, I'm good, I'm good, everything's fine. He he takes these things seriously. So they need to start 
today, if that's what their plan is. Yeah, All right. certainly. It's about trust there. It definitely it's is. About trust. And joining us right now, brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food. On the Harbor One Hotline right now, you hear the music. It's Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba, NBC Sports Boston, and uh, Boston Celtics TV uh, color commentary. Scal, how are you? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? We're doing great. I hope they play this game tonight. Did uh, New Orleans fly in today because I f- I, every flight was grounded? Did they even make it here? I'm assuming so. I haven't got <laughs> any news that they're not, so... I hope it's not. We don't do a little green and white scrimmage. So yeah, I think I think we're good to go. I All think right. We're here. Well, that's great to hear, uh, Scal. Obviously, last time we talked, it was the beginning of that West Coast trip. Things didn't look great uh, since the Dallas game. It seems like the Celtics have settled right back into the things that they do well. Um, how do you feel about the team today, right now? Yeah, defensively. So I got some numbers because I was. I'm really like loving the way that Rob Williams is playing, and you know it looks like his net rating is somewhere around when he's on the floor, plus 19. So I dove into some numbers. The Celtics are falling right back to where they were defensively when uh, last season with Rob out there. He's just a freak of nature. He makes plays that normal centers in the NBA don't make. And um, I really feel like it's all about managing his knee and his health. But with him out there, and let's say we're at our best, it's, it's really hard to see a team, in my mind, beating the Celtics four times out of seven with Rob Williams playing like this if he stays healthy. So, Scal, I'm going to preface this with this is a kind of a personal irritant of mine, <laughs> but Jalen Brown is averaging a career-high 3.1 turnovers per game right now. Do you attribute that to his personal play and ball handling, or is it more so what he's being asked to do by the team right now in terms of you know his position there? Yeah, I think it's... um. You know, he has to grow through last year. Like, we, we realized last year that Jason Tatum can't be the only guy with the ball in his hand. So, Jalen Brown at times, especially during the regular season where Tatum goes out, Jalen Brown becomes that guy, and he has to be able to make plays. And I don't think that that's a bad number for as much as he handles and as much as he's required to make plays. Just just understand, like, it's, it's a work in progress from the standpoint being the guy – and carrying teams for seven, eight, nine minutes at a time, that's where Jalen Brown has really thrived, but it's not an easy thing to get used to. So, yeah, I don't think for as many assists as he's averaging and as much as he has the ball, I don't think 3.2 is is a terrible number. I think if that number – and the Celtics hover at 16 is like that magical number as a team. If they're 16 or below – I think they're on the year, you know, like 14 and four or something like that, but 17 and above, they're like a 500 team. So no doubt turnovers were a thing last year in the playoffs, but if they can keep those numbers down, they'll be great. But I, I like the way the plays that Jalen Brown is making, and I like the growth that he's showing with the ball in his hands. Scal, you mentioned Robert Williams and his uh, health and him staying healthy. I mean, that's obviously a huge if right now. Uh, can you speak a little bit to this rotation we're going to be seeing with him and Al Horford going off and on certain nights? And does this team have the depth at that position to withstand this? Yeah, they're going to have to. Actually, great question. Thanks. If I'm assuming, I'm assuming that Al Horford doesn't play tomorrow. So does that mean Rob Williams is somewhere at 17 minutes tonight and then tomorrow he'll play 25. It's not like neither one of those guys have a minute restriction, but they, they when they say manage their the situation, they're looking at it more like from a three, four game cycle. So 
with three games in four nights that the, that the uh, Celtics have, and if and I don't know, Al has not played on the back to back yet, but if Al does not play on back to backs, then I would expect Rob Williams to be kind of downshifted today, lower minutes, and I expect Rob Williams to play a lot of minutes tomorrow. But I like when Blake Griffin's out there. I like uh, like Cornette has had his moments this year, but. I think Cornette will be better if he played more minutes. But, you know, with Rob Williams back, he doesn't deserve those minutes at this point. So I think we have the depth uh, to handle these next two games, no doubt. We talked a little bit last week about the surging Nets. And now, of course, Kevin Durant is uh, taking care of an injury. Celtics play Nets tomorrow on the back end of a back-to-back. So without Kevin Durant... And like we just said, you know, moving this lineup around a little bit around certain players resting on back-to-backs. Is there anything we can read into this Celtics-Nets matchup tomorrow? Not not really because uh, Durant's out. You know, Celtics on a back-to-back. And then Nets have four, I guess they've had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, so three days off. So, so not really. A lot of times in the NBA, you can't go with certain matchups because – you know, you don't know the situation, you know, in the back-to-back of three games in four nights versus when, when a team gets in at 4 o'clock in the morning, all that stuff factors in into the regular season. But I will say this, like, the Nets have played a lot better. Like, their defense right now, they're in the top 10 in both offense and defense. So they are trending towards a, a team that can win, a team that can make a playoff run. But just when you look at their winning streak or, like, I think they've won 18 of 20, there's been a lot of teams, like the other night they played Miami and Bam Adebayo was injured. Like, he, he didn't finish out the game. So, they have hit, like, kind of a, a scheduling thing where guys have been out, like Steph Curry and, and they, certain guys. So, just like anything, you have to knock down the pins that are in front of you, but they have got a, a little bit of scheduling luck with the teams that they're playing. But I'm curious on how – they handle these next four weeks. I do think they're more equipped to handle it this year than they were last year when they really just like went to the like to the tank without Kevin Durant. Scal, I want to ask you an MVP race question. I hope you're ready for it. I am. Okay. Why do you think Jason Tatum's slipping in the MVP race in Vegas anyway? Do you agree with uh, Do you agree with that? Do you think other players are surpassing him right now? So the only reason why they like the only reason why they say Nikola Jokic is not the MVP. It's because they say things like voter fatigue and right. like the media is not going to vote a guy three times in a row. But, you know, like I think Tatum's been great, you know, throughout the season. But when you watch Nikola Jokic and what he's capable of doing night in and night out and what he does with that group, it's hard to look at him and say, like, this guy's not an, M- an MVP when he's on the floor. They're one of the best teams in the league when he's off the floor. They're like at the bottom. They'd be like a team tanking for Wimbenyama. So it's really, it's it, you know, Tatum has – like a lot, a lot better roster. And that's another thing that teams have been doing. In the past, it's always been kind of like the best player on the best team. But with Denver having a really good record out west and Nicole Oaks is clearly one of the, you know, the favorites, I think that's the reason why he's slipping. And then Luka Doncic, which I, if I had to vote and only between Tatum and Doncic, I would vote Tatum. But Nikola Jokic, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I have a feeling there's enough guys that will say, like, I don't care – about voter fatigue, the guy who deserves it the most is who I'm going to vote for. And, man, when you watch that guy play night in and night out, the other night he went five for five from the field, had a 16-assist triple-double. The guy just dominates every game, and the the Nuggets are are very, very – 
subpar team with him when he's off the floor. But long season, we're only halfway through the season. Tatum has been trending this direction. I, I do think if Celtics have the best record, then I do think that that would be a compelling vote for him. All right, Scal, no Zion, no Ingram tonight. Trap game? This team plays super hard. It's very similar to the Oklahoma City game. Uh-oh. Where, well, that's not I good. Know, I know. <laughs> I know everyone like every, like everyone thought that that was an awful loss because of the way that they play, man. Like you watch Oklahoma City, that's a tough matchup if you're if you're going to kind of exhale a little bit or get your eyes, you know, focused on of you know the, the second half of a of a, like a two guys, uh, you know, thinking about Dallas, but tonight's the same thing. Like, if it, if the Celtics have their focus on Brooklyn tonight, because this they're they're one of the harder playing teams in the NBA. And Willie Green as a coach, if you're not playing hard, he just goes with somebody else. So, it's, it's Celtics got to be ready for it. But if uh, they have the right mindset from the start, and I think Marcus Smart's going to be returning, I think that they'll, uh, I think they'll be all right. All right, I'm looking forward to the smart Alvarado matchup tonight. I love that, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I agree, agree. That'll be fun. All right, Brian Scalabrini, thanks so much for the time. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. You got it. Thank you. All right, that's Scal on the call for the uh, Celtics and the New Orleans Pelicans. That's tonight at TD Garden, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. We're right back. Quarter five here, Sports Radio, WEI. Christian Arcan, Megan Adelini, it's Arcan and Mega. Why are we playing this song, Mega? What do you think? I don't know what this is. This is Hulk Hogan's entrance music before he became Hollywood Hulk Hogan with uh, the NWO. This is back when he was, you know, yellow and red and he'd rip the shirt off. I guess he ripped the shirt off with them, too. You're and this is also a totally different This language. is the say your prayers and eat your vitamins exactly. Hulkster day. I don't know right. what that is. Hulk Hogan was a wrestler. I know he was a wrestler, but I don't, I've never also heard this song. Also played Thunderlips on uh, Rocky Three. But this is his uh, ring entrance music. I'm a real okay. American. He'd walk out to the ring to this, and then he'd fight, you know, Andre the Giant or he'd the Ultimate Warrior. He'd flex and pose for about four minutes, all the and little Hulksters, brother. The and then he would body slam Big John Studd, and everybody would lose their minds. Yes. Big John Studd. The good old days. That's a cool name. That's what a great name. year did he walk out to this? Like 1985. Uh, okay, that tracks. Yeah, definitely in the 80s. That tracks. We're talking about this because uh, professional wrestling, which, again, I stopped watching around this era. Is in the news today, and it's so in the news that I feel like we at least you have to wait, mention wait, wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. You stopped watching in 1985? Well, like 19, in the Hulk Hogan era. Who is the, I don't think I can say like what it means, but who is the group that uh, would do the X? DX. The X? Yeah. That's the, what was their name? DX. D-Generation That was X, really yeah. big when I was in like second grade. Yeah. That was like when I was in high school, that was still like popular. Cool. Like The Rock and Stone Cold. I wasn't really watching them, but that was still like hot. I stopped in That's the- That's my wheelhouse of wrestling. Yeah. Like I 90s, stopped in the Ultimate 90s. Warrior, Macho Man, Randy Savage era. Like that was, that was kind of it for me there. Anyway, WWE, rumors were flying all around last night and into this morning that WWE, the company, had been sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. And uh, now TMZ Sports is reporting that that's not true. The WWE has not been sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund and that uh, the deal has not been made despite widespread rumors saying otherwise. The report circulated last night claiming Vince McMahon secured a massive payday for handing over the company to the Saudis, which would have taken the WWE private once again. Can I just say, 
for the Saudis, they are so thirsty for our crap, aren't they? Let's get all the golfers, and now let's get all the wrestler. Like, why don't you come up with your own golfers Big and your own stake wrestler? in the UFC what as do you well? Th- really, like bunch of shows huge over into horse racing. Oh, they like the horses too. Big on the so pole. thirsty. Like, relax, guys. There's plenty of wrestlers and golfers and horses and everything to go around. Like, relax. They want to buy it all up for themselves. Um, anyways, <laughs> the speculation came days after Vince McMahon brought himself back onto the board of directors with the intent to help with the TV deal negotiations and exploring a potential sale of the company. If you don't remember, uh, Vince McMahon got ousted from WWE for all sorts of allegations, misconduct. Yeah, or a lot, lot of. Through? I don't know exactly. I, I don't remember like exactly. Sexual what. misconduct, something along those lines. Uh, that, that guy, hard to believe, right? Um, anyway, uh, hours before the reported Saudi Arabia deal, Vince's daughter Stephanie announced that she was departing, giving up her role as co-CEO. A sale to Saudi Arabia would have caused a significant backlash with WWE fans. Especially down in the heartland. You oh, know? God, forget it. I mean, my God, down in the Bible Belt, you're going to... These guys are not going to be happy. <laughs> you sold my wrestling a who? What? I'm a real American, damn it. That can't be happening not in my backyard. Right. Cut a promo on him. Jump a leg. Um, so wrestling fans are upset about this. They are, but it looks like now maybe it's not going to happen. And uh, if it doesn't happen, fine. Again, I don't really, uh, I don't really follow wrestling anymore. Um, but now uh, Ariel Helwani, who I believe was, or is he still a UFC? Reporter? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He he says, basically uh, everything under the sun now. Big darts guy. Con- oh, really? Yeah. Uh, contrary to a report stating otherwise last night, there's no deal in place at this precise moment for WWE to be sold to Saudi Arabia's investment fund or any entity. The organization is still exploring all the options. So we may get an official announcement. Vince, you know, holding hands with the Saudi prince up in front of the WWE headquarters in Connecticut. It's a there. big swerve. Shane McMahon <laughs> swoops in again to buy it out right from under Vince's nose, just like back in 2001. Yeah. I'm not going to make fun of wrestling. Because I feel professional wrestling, because men should have reality TV, too. You know, mm-hmm. everybody have fun. I mean, men have sports, like real sports. Well, real sports. Yeah. I think there's athleticism that goes into the WWE. There's athleticism, and there's athleticism in the circus. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, like Cir- maybe... it's like Cirque du Soleil, Okay, basically. so you're saying Cirque du Soleil are not athletes? They're not. It's not a sport. Why not? I, some people might challenge that. Cirque du Soleil if is a sport? If you are uh, part of Cirque du Soleil, please call in. 617-779-7937 is your number there. Well, I mean, that's uh, dancing on a pole. I mean, that's just showing. That's all you, it is. You see, that at, you see that at Cirque du Soleil all the time. Amen, Wiggy. Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. Do you? Oh, God. Hey, yeah, Cirque du Soleil all the time. <laughs> do you really think people are going to care who owns <laughs> WWE? Um, Their some audience? Pe- some people will. I think some people I don't will. think so. I think everybody overestimates... Like if it's the same product with the same characters, I think people will leave. And it's on TV, and they don't give a damn who owns it. Certainly not the WWE fans. Look at all the golf uh, people who don't like to live golfers, right? Yeah, but it I doesn't mean, matter. It doesn't matter because it's not on their TV. It's not an existing product. They try to make up a true. new product. If they had bought the PGA. People would make a big fuss about it. Reporters would go to the press conferences. They'd try to, hey, gotcha moments. Mm-hmm. Like, that would all still happen, and people would still watch the tour. Yeah. I'm surprised the Saudi government hasn't, like, straight up, like, bought an NFL team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, the Washington Commanders all uh, exactly, of a sudden that's exactly brought to you by the Saudi thinking. government. Like, that's, that'd be Or, weird, like, the know? Vegas NBA team. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's coming. I'm surprised they don't just uh, they don't just swoop in and do that. Again, they are so incredibly thirsty for American sports. And, but it's uh, all culture. the fringy stuff. They yeah. can't get in on the real thing. That's true. Don't you dare call my mixed martial arts fringy. God, it doesn't. It's, it's like a right, a 
above darts right oh, there. Good Lord. We're back Saturday after a month off. Are there any Saudi Arabian wrestlers? <laughs> like, is there any of a... Uh... Currently? Oh, man. I... You're asking the wrong guy. See, I, the only Middle Eastern wrestler I can even remember is the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik, who's my all-time favorite right. Twitter follower. I don't know if it's really him, but it's genius. No, it's this. This would be a great midday discussion because, for whatever reason, the first thing I noticed when I got into sports talk radio is the amount of grown men. And look, Megan, I'm with you. I don't have any problem with wrestling. You like wrestling. You like wrestling. But the amount of people in this business specifically that love, love it. pro wrestling. Love like, it. I, 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 can, I can think of like nine or ten guys that I've met that are like, yeah, did you catch SmackDown last night? No. Well, I get it. It's, it's fun. Like, you probably grew up with it. You probably watch it with your kids. Good for the, I was you know, just going to say it's good events, for the kids. Like, little kids love it. Cool. Fine. Like, great. I, I don't, I'm not going to hate on it. I just, I don't buy that. A lot that of adults do. There <laughs> could be like horrible people who own it and they'd be like, yeah, fine. <laughs> It's still it's still the same as long as the star doesn't go sour, as long as the wrestling right. stars don't go sour, because then that affects the product. Yeah, yeah, it does. I it feel is. like it's one of those things where you know the the fans will sit and complain about everything that they do, and as soon as they make one change, like this is terrible. I miss it how it used to be. I miss it when it was American. Very right very finicky wrestling fans they are. Yeah, uh, certainly seems that way. Let's take. Should we take wrestling? Yeah, we even why do not? This? I don't know about this. This is Joe from Dartmouth. Joe I think Dartmouth. he's part of Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Hello. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say, I, uh, like, I'm a casual fan. I've been a fan since I was younger. But mm. I think what fans are more worried about is who's actually going to run the company. Like, when Vince McMahon left Triple H, his uh, son-in-law ran it, and everybody liked the product. So I think they're more worried about him leaving if they sell it to, like, someone like Saudi Arabia or not someone like Disney or something or uh, NBC. Yeah, uh, you could be right about that. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Like, again, the product might change, and people don't like that. Or it doesn't evolve the right way with the times, and people don't like that. Yeah. In hindsight, at least. They, like, edit everything to fit, like, Saudi laws, you know? <laughs> it's, like, all, it's all Sharia Come laws. On, you think if Disney took over, it would be any better? <laughs> There's no alcohol. You could get away with anything. Yeah. Steve Austin's, like, clapping soda cans two, together. <laughs> two cans of <laughs> seltzer sprayed it all over the place. Yeah, that sounds lame. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, one more. Josh in New York. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been listening to the show. Uh, hardcore, hardcore wrestling fan. Okay. Uh, just a few points with the, the Saudi thing. Uh, they've been doing a lot of pay-per-views over there, at least two a year. They had a 10-year deal for WWE to go over there. Uh, on the plus side, uh, they make more money in one pay-per-view than they do at WrestleMania, which wow. is significant. Uh, the second point is the women's laws in Saudi is not good. <laughs> right. So any pay-per-view, they, they have to be fully clothed, all that kind of stuff. So no, I'm out. There's been, there's been kind of that pushback of whether or not um, what will happen with the women yeah. if they end up. Listen, thanks, Josh. Yeah. As a woman... I don't support any of the Saudi laws. Uh, As a show, can we all agree that women? we don't support those? <laughs> We're not say, laws. I will say. The Arcan and Mega show hey, does not support those. Cat suit can be sexy. You could do a sexy cat suit if you had to. Mm-hmm. You know, like Catwoman. True. You got that go. The the freaking phone lines are filling up for I know. the WWE call. This may, have I, been a, this may have been a mistake. I'm sorry to tell you that. We're going to have to It's your birthday, man. I know you really yeah, wanted to talk about wrestling. I did want to talk about the Saudi thing. Uh, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. This was uh, this is Vince McMahon's walkout. Was this Vince McMahon's oh, yeah. It was all of them, though, right? Yeah, like, they all came yeah. out to You got no Shane chance and all them. Yeah, I sort of remember this. 617-779-7937. Uh, coming up, we will reset on the Red Sox and on the Patriots and... 
We got some uh, we got some sound here we're going to play that we've been pushing off until the 5 o'clock hour about oh, Matt yeah. Jones. and Wait, uh, we have great sound what he's in been the 5 doing. o'clock hour. We well, haven't even talked about this. Was Mac Jones a bad boy? Yeah. Was he being a bad boy this season? We'll get to all of that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.